Bob here with our series interviewing successful six-figure female freelancers and entrepreneurs. And I am so excited to talk to Heather today and hear all about her journey because she's had a pretty amazing growth and has some really cool perspective on what it takes and what success means these days in our modern world. So Heather, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Please share a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Um, my name is Heather Stafford. I am the founder of Creative Tech Consulting, and I started as a freelancer. I started as a, a freelance graphic designer. Um, I am currently in Boise, Idaho. Um, I lived in Southern California for 17 years, um, did my postgrad and my doctorate there, and, um, and I surfed a lot. <laughs> but um, my journey started here. I actually graduated from high school here. I moved back here a couple, about eight months ago um, to scale my company. I went, decided that I was going to take the big leap of faith and grow a bigger company, a company that was bigger than just me which is probably one of the scariest things that any entrepreneur can do because you can always bet on your own talent. You can always bet on your own time. Um, as soon as you start betting on the time and talents of others, then you've got, a, they've got something to lose for sure. So I came here so that we could break the half a million dollar mark this year. Very cool. So half a million is the goal in your business. That's fantastic. And so from freelancing to your own thing, how long has that journey been for you? Like from day one of freelancer up to today? Um, I mean, okay. So the, the truth of the matter is, is it could have been a lot shorter, but I have been my own boss for almost 18 years. Awesome. Um, I did corporate America right out of um, my bachelor's and right out of high school. And I worked for somebody else and I was miserable right off the bat. I can't tell you I haven't gone back and worked for and worked for some companies. I bartended when I was in college. I don't really think that counts as being chained to a desk. I was chained to a liquor bottle. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how I made it through college. That's how I paid off my student loans. Um, but right out of the gate, um, out of grad school, I picked up a couple of really great contracts with some awesome companies. I did some work with Roxy Quicksilver. Um, I did some work with the Army and their FRG site. Um, I'm a military brat. And I kind of started freelancing from there and just picking up clients here and there. I didn't figure out how to run a business until I was about six and a half years in. Six and a half years. Okay. That's a fair learning curve. That's about, you know, undergrad and grad school on your own put together. So, fantastic. So, I heard you say right after grad school, you managed to pick up a few contacts. How did you stumble into those first? paying clients so I've I've I'm of the idea that the truth of the matter is is it is not what you know it's who you know and that community and connection and that your tribe and the people that you have around you is very much everything um, I had a really good friend in grad school whose parents were friends with the creative director at Roxy Christopher and her parents submitted a bunch of our work and I got I got a job out of it and I was like oh look at this is fun and it was a freelance job. It was like, okay, you're an independent contractor. You pay your own taxes. And I was like, okay, great, sir. Like, I have, I have, a, I have a client. Like, this is going to be easy. <laughs> and then there were months where I didn't have any. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, somebody's got to eat. Everybody's got to pay rent. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, and I was so, in the beginning, I was so used to clients sending me contracts. Mm -hmm. 
they'd be like, okay, here's your contract. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Sign away. No big deal. No negotiation. No worry about it. Just okay. Sure. Yeah. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Got it. I was like, I'm supposed to be running this boat. Got it. Um, Okay. I learned that. I didn't learn that lesson until I was like four years in. Okay. What was the big shift for you to learn to take the reins instead of just kind of laissez-faire, wait for things to drop in your lap? I touched the top of the stove and got my hand burnt. Ah. I had a client decide not to pay me, and it was like I call. I had to call my parents, freaking out, and I was like, I I need your help. Like I can't pay rent. I didn't. I have a client that's not paying me. So where is your contract? And I was like, Well, what do you mean? Well, this one didn't send me a contract, and my mom was like, No. Like, did I not teach you better? And I was like, Well, I mean. They usually send me ones, and this one didn't, and, and they're not paying me. And, and now I'm stuck because I haven't done any other work this month. And it was just like one of those big aha moments, like, oh, you own a business. Yeah. You have to get, you have to get, like, a requirement for payment. And I was like, lesson number one, make sure you have it in writing. <laughs> uh, tough lesson, but important lesson to learn. So, it was, it was a right. humbling lesson. Yeah. Yeah, we've all had some of those along the way, so that's cool. Um, so from there on out, did it really set the mindset of like, oh, this is a business, it's not just me doing fun stuff here um, and there? No, no, <laughs> no. I did, I did a, a good solid three years after that. Um, I did pick up a couple of long-term contracts that were relatively well-paying. Okay. Um, it put me in the like eighty-five, ninety thousand dollar a year range, and I had three clients, and I worked two or three hours a day, and I surfed twice a day. So I had the what we call the the freelancer dream. Yeah. Like, go home, work for a couple of hours, like on your front porch. I surfed. I have two dogs. I lived in Southern California, and what they don't tell you is, by the way, you have to pay your taxes. And you should put like 30% of that away for, you know, oh shit moments. Mm-hmm. And like all the little things that you learn, if you were to, maybe if you were to have gone to business school, um, I didn't, I, I, I got my undergrad in philosophy and then I went to art school because I was like, this is going to be amazing. I, I'm going to go change the world. Can't do anything with a philosophy degree. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to art school. Like, this is going to be useful. And I did. I mean, it was useful. And slowly but surely, like, I got burnt out. And I actually took a year, a little over a year off and traveled. I was like, I'm just not going to work. I don't want to do anything. And I just started traveling and kind of just, like, left anywhere I could take my dogs, I would go. If they didn't allow dogs in the country, I wasn't joining. And that's pretty much how we did it. Okay. So a year off after kind of burn yourself out a little bit. Oh, I burnt myself out. I fell flat on my face. I I didn't put myself in a position where I was running a business. I was just kind of making money here and there. And so when I came back, I was like, okay, I was like, you have two options. You can, excuse me, you can either decide to run a business and you're going to need to learn how, or you can go back to school for something else. So I did both. Okay. Totally good idea. I was like, I'm going to rent a business and I'm going to go back to college. Um, I ended up getting my postgrad in um, computer science, technology, artificial intelligence, um, 
library sciences and research. So how you use the internet, why people do things, and how to act like a human as a computer. Totally fun. Very fun, very mm -hmm. different than our school, but okay. Yeah, and so I kind of put the, I put the two of them together and I was like, what if I could take like my background in branding and my background in design and this flair for technology that I figured out that I had, because I, I didn't just choose that randomly. Like I started messing around with some stuff and realized that I really had a flair for systems, technology, and software. Mm -hmm. Like it came very easily to me. If I could give anybody out there wanting to be their own boss, like one piece of advice is, your, it's not your job to go do your passion as a job. Like, please do not ruin your passion. Don't do it. Be passionate about what you do, but do something that you're just epically good at, period. Like, it comes naturally to you. Do not make this hard. Because if I had no, like, paid attention to that earlier, I would have gone into tech and software probably five or six years earlier than I did. And I did okay. six figures my first six months. Your first six months, fantastic, okay. We did multiple six and nine. Um, I hit the half million dollar mark the first time with my very first vertical in under 18 months. Fantastic. And so this is the third, the third vertical, the third section of this company that I've opened up and this one opened up about seven and a half months ago and we will hit the half million dollar mark this year. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. That's pretty fantastic in terms of scaling up. So what do you do in terms of the way you're, you're packaging or pricing your services to be able to have these high value services and high volume um, in your business? So volume is the key. And once again, I'll take this back to it's not what you know, it's who you know. And volume is the key. Like get yourself in front of the most people possible. Like you need to network and you need to speak. This is not a I'm going to put up a landing page and I'm going to send out some emails and I'm going to sit behind my computer. I hate to break it to you, but they lied to you and they, you could make money online without ever meeting anybody. That's crap. Like you have to go be a person, get known, get seen, get into business groups, get a mentor, hire a coach. That was my next question. The most expensive thing in my business is my coach still to this day. Still to this day, like I, and I, and I, I, I sectioned up, like I hired a coach that I could afford and then I hired a better coach and then I hired a better coach. And now I have, in my opinion, the best coach out there. And I'm part of a multiple different masterminds, like be around people, be the little fish in the big pond. Like I'm a minnow in a pond full of sharks. Everybody that I spend time with is one, two, 10 or 12 steps ahead of me on an average, like my, one of my really good friends, um, I keynoted, um, driven the event in Orlando this um, last week with Suzanne Evans. I got asked to keynote on her stage, which was epic. Suzanne is my coach. I absolutely adore her. She is awesome. She runs a couple of really great programs. And afterwards, Alex Moscow, who owns the Congruent Coach, is like, hey, let me take you to dinner. He's like, I'm really proud of you. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, so what did you do at your last event? He goes, oh no. He's like, our scale up was $300,000 a year to $600,000 a year to $600,000 a day. And I was like, got it. So that's what I need to get to. Like, I need to figure out how to make $600,000 in a day. Check. Okay. I can surround myself with people who are epically successful. 
and it makes all the difference in the world. I love that. Yeah, put yourself in a circle of folks that will challenge you to be the better version and to see what, what's possible moving forward. I think that's exactly. amazing. On the topic of money, because we were riffing about this a bit before we went live, I know money's a big taboo topic, and a lot of people are shying away from defining success by a level of earnings or a level of revenue or, or some of that. What is what does it mean to you to be this level of successful in the chase, those big revenue goals? Like, what, is, what does that mean for you personally? Um, the truth of the matter is, is, it is a ta- it's a taboo subject. Everybody's like, I want to make an impact. So do I. You want to know what you need for that? Money. Lots of it. You want to go change the world? Go make a shit ton of money and go change the world. But businesses are run by money. They're not run by warm and fuzzies. They're not run by impact. They're not run by making a difference. They're not run by holding hands and helping each other out. Yes, that is all part of it. But it is run by a bottom line. And that's it. Like, it is a taboo subject. Everybody's like, oh, it doesn't matter how much money you make. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It totally does. Now, if you want to make $40,000 a year and buy a little house in your hometown and get married and happy, dude, awesome. Go work for a really cute little law firm in the front desk. It's a great job. Like, be the front desk assistant in a law firm. People are nice there. Do not work for a defense attorney. Like, just do something chill. But if you're out there to open it, like if you're going to start a business and you want to hit a goal and you want to be successful, it's driven by money. There's a bottom line to this and nothing more. I have thousands and thousands and thousands of clients. And the only thing that drives my business is like, I, I have a, here we go. I have this calendar and I'm not joking you. It is broken down by month, by week and by three day sections. And I have to hit revenue goals every three days, period. Okay. That's just it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, that's what pays the bills. That's what keeps the lights on. Like, that's just, that's just what happens. So not staying away from the number side of things because of the impact you're able to make with it. And then creating really small, like, focused, focused, focused goals as, like, the, I do. I have to have micro goals. I love it. It helps okay. with the ADD and the creative. You have to have a micro goal. But honestly, like we, um, what was it? I think it was almost a year ago. Um, I hosted a live stream with Amy Yamada, um, who is a business coach. And it was called the mindset for millions. Like how, what's the mindset for becoming a millionaire? And everybody that was on there, it was me, Christina Jindali, David Nagel, um, Jackie Cote and Amy Yamada. And we were all talking about like, what does it really take? Well, it takes being like really clear on, yes, you can go, you can go make an impact. We raised $43,000 on a three hour live stream to go build walls in Ghana. We also all probably made 20 grand a pop because we sold a product and then we asked people to donate. We were making a difference still about a bottom line. Yeah. And nonprofits are still about a bottom line. Doesn't matter. I don't care whose life you want to change. Okay. There's got to be money involved. So can we talk more about the shift from freelance to creating this thing that's bigger than you and and why that was important for you? Um, you know, I never thought I wanted it. I was very against. I was like, I'm going to be my own boss. I, I do not want to have to rely on somebody else. Like, I want my own jam. And I did that for a really long time. And it's fun. And it's kind of lonely. 
not going to lie. It's really kind of only if you don't talk to your clients every day or you don't like interact with your clients a ton, which I didn't like, I did a, a ton of design and development work. So I didn't talk to a whole lot of anybody. And I was like, okay. And what I realized is that if I wanted, like, there's a glass ceiling, like, even if you break the habit of time for money, like there's still a glass ceiling to expansion with one mind. Like you can only get so far. And I hit that glass ceiling and I hit it really, really hard with my forehead. I was like, ow, Jesus. Um, knock, knock. Can I come through, please? Like I have somewhere to be. And it was like, yeah, no, you don't, you don't have what it takes. And I was like, and I, I really got the big wake up call. It's like, okay, well, the only way you're going to get past this is to take two steps back and trust somebody else. And I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe not do that. And so I backed up. Like I actually stunted my growth for a little over a year because of that. And I okay. just kind of sat in that like nice little waiting pool of you can't get any more for what you've got. Um, and my mom called me one day and was like, she was super stressed out. And she was like, I really just, I wish I had a job I liked more. And I was like, okay, everybody regroup. Okay. I need a team. And they're like, why? I was like, because my mom, I, we need to, we need to retire my mother. Now here's the funny thing. I jumped off the bridge on faith and did really well at it. Like I have an amazing team. Um, at this point now, I've got five full-time employees, 19 independent contractors, and about 11 freelancers that I work with. So all in all, we have a team like right under 40. Um, and they're amazing. And it's huge. It was kind of like, oh, God, now I'm responsible for all you people. Um, but the kicker was I made, I got to a point where I was making enough money that I was absolutely sure that my mom never had to work again. And so I go marching on up to her and I'm like, hey, I'm like, you need to retire. And she was like, what? And I was like, you need to retire. And she was like, what do you want? Me? I was like, I, I want, I, I make, I make enough money. Like you're good to go. Like you can go do whatever you want. And she was like, so you want me to what? Play checkers and grow old. And I was like, I had no idea how much I, she was like a little, I don't know what the word for it is. Um, she was a little offended, I think, in like a very weird way. Like, so it's not yeah. quite the right word, but she was just like, no. She's like, I told you that I wanted to do something that had meaning. And I was like, okay, we have money. Now we have to find meaning. All right. I was like, well, what kind of job do you want? And so I told her, I, I flat out asked her, I was like, make up a job. So what nobody knows is um, Leslie is my mother. She is my client happiness director. Um, she um, handles all of my um, front end um, speaking engagements. If I want to do something like she pre-screens almost all of them. Um, but she's the person that my clients like to talk to the most. That's so fun. They like her more than they like me. Doesn't matter how much money you make them. They like her way more than I, they like me. They're like, oh, so how's Leslie and the dogs? I'm like, she's great. Do you want to talk about your business? And they're like, so well, can, did Leslie get those new flowers planted? I don't know. You want to talk about your business? <laughs> but she is. She really is. She's she's the heart and the life of of my company and a big piece of what has made it grow so fast. Is mm. because I have that support system. Like none of my clients ever feel left alone. They don't feel 
like when we scaled and we did like bigger programs and you're talking about packaging and pricing, like the truth is pick a problem to solve and solve it and package it with all the things you know a client needs and then sell them what they want and give them what they need. Yep. Awesome advice. What I love most about that story was one of your drivers for success was be able to take care of your family and flip the flip the script on parents always take care of their kids. You're going to just flip it around. I think that mm -hmm. the ability to do more with your money is such a huge piece of, of why we're driven to be successful and, and earn earn amazing things and earn figures and beyond. So that's awesome. Right. I love that now she's working for you and is your keeper of the keys. She was like, that, she wanted something. I was like, oh, and it, it was shocking to find out like, it gives you really good aspects and how often we listen, but we don't hear. And I was like, okay, you want something with meaning, like tell me what that looks like for you. And let's go ahead and create a space for that. My company wouldn't run without her now. Like wow. it would die. It would be terrible. My clients would be like, I'm not doing this. They like, there would be so much resistance, so much resistance because my clients get a lot of growth pretty fast. We specialize in automation and lead generation and technology. And it is the one thing that people are terrified of. Mm -hmm. And so when I tell them, like, I, you can, if you do this, you can make six figures. This launch will make you six figures. And they're like, nope, 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 nope. I don't trust the computer. Like, she combats that resistance, like, so gracefully. It is just unbelievable. That's super fun. I love it. I wanted to circle back to one of the things I heard you say, though. Now that you're on the other side from freelancer to founder, you hire freelancers. So what do you give or perspective from being on the other side of this to help them be successful in looking at opportunities or negotiating mutually beneficial opportunities? Know your worth. Now I'm not, I am not saying like I am one, I walked out of college 100% sure that I was worth about a million bucks and know your worth, know your industry's median and be honest about it. If you feel like you have the drive and need the experience, tell somebody. You know, I have hired more free, I've hired more people, I've hired more freelancers, I've hired more full-time employees that say, I have no effing idea what this is, but I will do whatever it takes to get there. And they've got the drive, like they have a skill set, yes. And they're like, I, 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 I know this, but I have no idea what that is. But when they were super honest about it, I was like, okay, I can teach you. I can totally teach you. Now you're going to find when you, when you pick up clients, you need to be teaching them. So if, if you specialize in something, stay in your lane, stay in your okay. lane. But I mean, if you see somebody, I don't want to say like me, because we don't quite feel like I've made it there yet. But if you see somebody that's super successful, that's up to big things, like one of the biggest things that you can do to put yourself in front of the right audience and for the right people is be like, Hey, I love what you're up to, like get, compliment their work and ask them, how can I support you? And maybe it is something is, you know what, maybe it's a, a huge influencer because like, you know what, my graphic designer's sick and, and I, I need this meme to say this date. You're a designer, right? Yeah, let me fix that for you really quick. And I'd love to connect more. Like that's how you, that's how you create the type of community that I did. Um, I'm publishing a book this year and it's called Mastering the Art of Tribe. I have some of the most influential people in the, especially in the coaching industry, but like in the business around me, 
for one reason and one reason only. I've mastered the art of building a tribe and, and being present to supporting and getting supported by people that I look up to. Super fantastic tip. I love that. Just reach out to people you admire and see how can you help. I think that's a amazing, easy, actionable for a lot mm-hmm. of overcomers who don't quite, don't get up their legs under them yet or still working, working their way up in the world. So fantastic. Any tips on how to find those people? Well, I mean, who do you geek out on? Instagram. I mean, the first per okay, so the first person that I reached out to um, wanting to help, and I didn't actually, there wasn't anything that I could do for him, but one of the coaches that I looked up to the most as I was like leaving, leaving just like the freelance design world and like coming into the technology world, like I was surrounded by a lot of business coaches and life coaches and that just that whole industry. And um, I reached out to Lewis House and I was like, hey, I was like, you know, I love your podcast. I just have to like, I have, I have a little bit of fangirl status. I love your podcast. And I really love the community and like the, the stuff that you've built. Um, not ready to join, you know, like um, School of Greatness, like not quite there yet. But I just wanted to let you know who I am and introduce myself and tell you like, I'm a designer. I do this, I do this. And if there's anything I can ever do to support you, please let me know. And I got the kindest email back. He was like, Heather, he's like, I have, he's like, I wish more people would introduce themselves like this. And I was like, thanks. And he actually added me into one of their private Facebook groups. He was like, this is something that I usually do with clients. He's like, I really think that you, this would be a value add for you and you would be a huge value add for these guys. And I was like, wow, awesome. Okay, so now I'm in a fancy Facebook group. This is cool. And I made a lot of friends in there and I did, I mean, I did some work for some people. I got some paid gigs. I did, I helped some people. I just supported some people. I mean, I, I have, I, I just, I happened upon a gold mine. Um, I did this same thing. Her name's Elizabeth, but I can't for the life of me remember what she's a copywriting. She's a copywriter. And I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, I was like, I don't write copy. I don't know anything about copy, but I make really pretty little graphics and I think it would look really great on some of the PDFs that you send out on your email list. And she's like, really? And I was like, here. And I just like threw together some like just comp stuff. And she was like, these are perfect. And I was like, hey, you Just like, that's it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I just, I really like what you're doing. It's just, I think it needs a pop. And I just wanted, I didn't want to be rude. And she's like, you're just the sweetest thing. And um, I actually did some work and caught inside of her group for a year. And she allowed me to pick up clients inside of her group coaching program. Very I was cool. always, always about working together. Yeah, because I do something that she doesn't. So I think the moral of these stories is you never know if you don't ask and just have the guts to reach out to people and see what you can do, which is fantastic. The answer is always no until you ask. Yeah, awesome. All right. Um, one more question I would love to ask. And I know you off is very confident and you believed you're worth a million bucks coming out of school have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome as you've been navigating freelance and business oh my entire life i still struggle with it come on everybody does we're human authenticity is authenticity is a hard game to play and i mean i don't I don't know how to say this, I'd be politically correct, but don't recreate the wheel, 
but don't be somebody else. Like I am definitely of the mindset that like you are not here to like, you're not rebuilding the internet, but you also need to come at things your own way. Everybody's got their own perfect little jibe and everybody's got their own personality. Like when in doubt, just be you. I, I am one of the only female entrepreneurs that I know inside of my little sphere, my little bubble, um, that constantly cusses on our live stream. <laughs> and I can get away with it because it's part of my personality brand. Now, do I suggest everybody does that? No, but that's me. Like, that's my little bit of me. And like, when I create something like for all of you out there, you guys all know what a lead magnet is. Everybody knows what they are. Everybody uses them. I teach it. I teach a course on it. So does digital marketer. Ryan Weiss and I had a chat about it because it's really funny is our nine possible points have always been the same. We teach a totally different course, totally different. There's also like 600 other companies that teach courses on lead magnets. Everybody does it and everybody's different. Like be you, be authentically, you teach your style or your come from, um, coach and produce your style and your come from because there's, I mean, it's not like magically something new is going to pop up that, that wasn't there before. You're just reinventing yourself every day. Okay. So the cure for imposter syndrome is don't worry about comparing yourself. Just live in your own unique capabilities mm -hmm. and what you bring to the table. Yep. Ever, you're, all, you're not going to find a day in your life. I don't care how big you get. I don't care how confident you get. I mean, I've spent more than six figures on personal development alone. And, and I've spent a lot of time and energy and soul searching and deep diving and finding like my authentic voice and who I am. And it comes back to, you're going to feel that way. When you grow, you're going to feel that way. When you're not growing, you're going to feel that way. You're just going to feel that way. It is what it is. Give that little feeling a cookie and continue on. Awesome. All right. Any other kind of final tips or final thoughts or words of wisdom from your years of being an independent woman that you would pass along? Um, create little wins. So there's this, there's this thing out there's this thing about propulsion. Okay. My coach taught me this. We're going to have to, we're going to have to quote her on this one. Suzanne Evans teaches that she said, create yourself a little win, even a micro win. A micro win is going to cause a macro win. A macro win is going to cause a giant win, but it's the only way to get the ball rolling. Even if it's, so, hey, would you like to buy this PDF for $5? Okay, you just made five bucks. Do I care what it's actually worth now? Did you make $5? Yes, okay, step one, we made $5 today. Tomorrow, we're gonna make 10. And then the next day, we're gonna make 20. And then the next day, we're gonna make 40. Like, create those micro wins and track what you're up to. Like, keep an activity log. I mean, I have everything down to 10 minute cycles. My entire day runs on 10 minute cycles. I can break a project down to 10 minute chunks. Hmm. But if you can, if you can self a win, it will make you feel so much better that you'll get another one and don't give up because it's, it's no one ever said this was going to be easy. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic advice. And uh, thanks again, Heather, for sharing all the nuggets of wisdom from your amazing journey through freelancing all the way into entrepreneurship and growing a half million dollar plus business and being able to retire your mom into a position she loves better uh, and all those great things. So 
If you want to get a hold of Heather, you can reach her how to follow her journey or pick her brain. Um, you can find me on Facebook. My name is Heather Stafford. Um, there are company pages, Creative Tech Consulting. Um, if you want to email me, email me. It's Heather at Creative Tech Consulting. Perfect. It's pretty easy to get a hold of. I get. I do have a 72-hour email policy. I'm warning you. It takes me about three days to get back to anybody. I don't care for my client or not. There's just too many of those things. Those email things, they just, they just keep coming. What happens when you uh, grow your mass network and work with thousands of clients and build your business. So totally appreciate you being open and, and sharing everything you've learned today. So thanks so much, Heather. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you soon in the Facebook group.